come on and sit down and watch this with me. You know you want to watch it. And I want you to watch it too. Come on. So as you might know, I'm not watching TV for no reason, um, and I tried to watch TV last night by the I, I fired up uh, uh, Netflix's Lost in Space. Oh yeah, and how was that? Terrible was idea. <laughs> I got halfway through it, and it was like it was it was one of those things that bogs down a lot of sci-fi, where it's like let's throw more peril in this situation. Let's yeah, throw more like, peril on top of this peril. In space, there's like plenty of peril. Yeah, you're lost <laughs> in fucking space. Like, what are you doing? And it was like, like, like te- first ten minutes in, it's like his daughter gets frozen in ice, and then his wife passes out, and then uh oh, his son fell down a mine shaft. You know, and it's like, <laughs> why was there a mine shaft in space? <sighs> you got it. They were looking for magnesium, Cullen, so they could burn <laughs> away the ice to save his sister. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And then one of the people on the ship is a villain. Really? Yeah. Oh, God. But they're all family. What? Shut up. Yeah, but that was the thing in the original series, too, is like they had like this one shady dude with them who was like It's a always... woman in this one. Yeah. In, in the original, it was like this like guy who was obviously a villain was always with them, and he's like, I don't get you, Robinson family. <laughs> <laughs> and they still bring him along. Yeah, and he was always just there anyway. <laughs> right. Oh, he's, he won't get us that bad. <laughs> oh, that His zany doctor. Is, is far less curly than it was last week. I'm sure he's okay now. <laughs> What you described sounds like a sci-fi Scooby-Doo, and I, I kind of like that. That's not that far off from that's what the original Lost in original. Space was. I, 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 did anyone see the, what was the... Oh, the Matt movie, LeBlanc? the Matt, the, like, Matthew, was yeah. it Matt LeBlanc? It was Matt LeBlanc. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I did not see it. By all accounts, it's it's awful. Yeah, I saw it, and it was terrible. Surprisingly, I've not seen that one. Wow. <laughs> I bet you've you. seen so many bad movies. <laughs> it's right. what I do. <laughs> All right, are you ready, guys? Yeah. yeah. All right, hey everyone, welcome to another episode of I Want You to Watch This, and um, it's a very special episode because um, we have a guest. I am I am your host as always, Dennis. Um, I am joined by my two lovely and talented co-hosts, Colin and Craig. How are you both? Oh, I'm, I'm little, feeling s- super uplifted, up. Dennis. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, just on, just crazy. so so happy right now. I would have used a descriptor from the movie to describe you both, but that sounded rude because yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's, we're just gonna keep it light and breezy, you know. With yeah, this movie <laughs> with about this a massacre. <laughs> so, friend of the podcast, Drew is here. Hi, Drew. Hey, how's it going? And this asshole brought us this depressing movie, um, Waltz with Bashir. Wow. Um, great movie. Great, great depressing movie. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, it's it's like a it's like a wartime waking life. <laughs> kind of, but also like documentary and a little bit um, Well, it's like oh, interviews, right? Yeah. Yeah, um so the the movie is basically based off the experiences of the filmmaker. The filmmaker um, he was part of the Israeli Defense Force that went into Lebanon in 1982 during the first Lebanese War, and this uh, this movie is basically apparently the true story of you know his recollections of it or lack thereof and how he came to recall the events in the war by interviewing other people who were there and getting their accounts of it and 
this like that aspect of it of like getting different accounts of like the same battle and the same story and like tying them together made me wish that Christopher Nolan had seen this movie before he made Dunkirk. I bet he ha- he did, and he was like, I could do it better. <laughs> <laughs> and he just ended up doing it much, 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 More much, much worse. Yeah, just yeah. really frustratingly. Um, yeah, uh, I, I kind of thought the same thing, where it was like, oh, cool, it's like different like points of view, but done in a really smart way, because it's like the first-hand accounts of these people. And um, uh, this movie, it touches on like the underlying theme of like a lot of war movies, at least for me, which is war is weird you know like uh, like it's a strange thing um that 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 these people are experiencing you know where they go from like being like left for dead to being like saved by the people that left them for dead you know and uh or murdering a whole bunch of innocent civilians and then going from that to just living with it you know yeah it it really deals with the surrealism of war and i think the animation really helps with that Mm -hmm. yeah yeah yeah, and it's it definitely there's a lot of movies that kind of portray war as this righteous, glorious type of thing, and this movie doesn't do that at all. It's very much just these people's experiences within the wars that they fought, and it at no point does it really hold a position of like anyone being right it just kind of feels like everyone was just I doing think it what does they... hold a position of israel being very much wrong well i mean it it does in the sense of uh like with again like where he feels like at the same time like what, what, i'm talking about like the characters themselves like when yeah. they're like their experiences within it like they were like he says he feels responsible like for lighting the flares that you know lit the night for them to like help them like massacre these people and I also feel like he felt like he did what he needed to do in that moment and like going back and now like in that moment he just felt like he was doing what he needed to do and now looking back on it he's able to see uh, more so of like again like how just how much how messed up it was because he you know wiped a lot of that out of his own memory well and it's really interesting too because they did touch on the fact that this was an engagement that happened to the first generation of survivors of, you know, another massacre, you know, in Warsaw. And I mean, you know, these are these are Israeli people whose parents were in concentration camps and they touched on that. You know, I mean, their parents went through the same thing, you know, being in camps and being basically slaughtered. And then, you know, so it's 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 interesting in that point because the you know i mean these soldiers basically perpetrated all the same kinds of acts as you know some nazis did so yeah but they also go to explain that it wasn't necessarily the israeli army that was doing most of the massacre yeah it was the they watched it and they allowed it to happen they they didn't do anything to intervene because they were allies with the lebanese forces right yeah um and gosh there's so many war stories where that's just like the the case you know where it's like oh well you know it wasn't us specifically but we did provide the arms for you know these people that did carry out the massacre or whatever you know and the war is so complicated there's so many different (laughs) well it's also like that that thing of like you know when to intervene and when intervention can actually be like worse or when like again this is like where i was saying as far as like the 
again, like the Israelis weren't the ones who were perpetrating this, but they did sit back and let it happen. And it's like one of those things where it's like this balance of like, at what point do you say like, you know, fuck this. Like, I don't care. Like, you know, if we're on the same side, obviously if you're doing this, we can't be on the same side. And that's like one of those things we're in war. Like a lot of those lines get crossed and, it's it's just it, again like war is hell like to you know as, as far as it's just it's a madness it's a chaos and it's just like there's no uh, there like everyone like does like horrible shit and people do like worse shit than other people but yep. it's just like it's just confusing and it's yeah. a mess and it's a fucking <laughs> and quagmire like, goddamn yeah, mess and, and like well like the like the stories like at the beginning where where it's like. Like, you know, the central theme is, like, kids with weapons they don't understand, pretty much. You know, where it's like, yeah, we landed on the beach and just started shooting for no real reason. We didn't know where we were shooting at, you know? And then, like, then we well, saw the Mercedes. Well, says, like, we had all of this training, but, like, the fear just takes over. Right, and all yeah. You do is just mm-hmm. shoot at what? I don't know. Just it doesn't shoot. matter. Yeah. And then, and like, the like that car rolls up, and then, you know, like, they kept shooting, you know? And then, and then they saw what, what they were shooting at, you know? And it was this whole family that they tore up and, like... Ah, you know, or like when they're, you know, in the armored personal carrier and it's just like shooting into the darkness, you know, and it's like, it's like, why are you stop shooting? Just keep shooting. Like, there's no reason to stop. Yeah. But, but that gets to another thing that was my, one of my biggest things that stuck in my mind with this film is like, it's made by an Israeli filmmaker and throughout the whole thing, it paints the Israeli army in such a bad light. Yeah. Like yeah. they're, con- the Israeli army is like constantly being depicted as disorganized as ineffectual, as having no leadership, as, like, the enlisted men are sent out with no clear orders, with no officers to, like, tell them what they're doing. And so they're driving around in this armored personnel carrier, literally shooting into the darkness because they don't know what to do. Yeah. Yeah, and and, um, and it's interesting, too, because it takes a, it takes a different shift on that a little bit, um, depending on who's talking. Some of the, you know, I mean, a couple of the people he interviews don't make it seem so chaotic, and some of them do. And there's different tonal shifts depending on who they're talking to. Like the, the Freddie, maybe I think his name is the guy that's like a martial artist later, yeah, later in yeah, life. Yeah, the patchouli oil guy. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, and it's when he's when he's being interviewed, they have the scenes where there's like punk rock music playing, and like it kind of makes light of the war while also making it even more brutal. And I think that that has something to do with his personality um, and maybe, you know, the, the filmmaker's view on, you know, how that person felt about the war. And so and, and then there was the a couple of people that he interviewed, like the one that lived in Holland, who, you know, I mean, obviously saw it as, you know, I mean, he remembered more and he remembered a lot of brutal stuff that, you know, the interviewer didn't remember so it's mm-hmm. it's interesting it, it, it takes a different tonal shift with different characters and yeah um like back like that i like the interstitials at that moment you know where it was like like at one point there's like a guy with a machine gun and all of a sudden he just starts playing air guitar with it and it's like it's like with the music that's playing in the background and there's this whole like music video almost playing of with, animation like, of animation. like tanks and stuff being destroyed in time to the right. music and like people yes. being slaughtered and yeah yeah, I think that too, like those different points of view and the different way that each story is portrayed a little differently in terms of how the movie's filmed and in terms of the the music that goes with it uh, also goes into like his like the psychologist that he talks to and he talks about how uh, when he goes to him initially and tells him how he can't remember any of these things that happens and uh, he talks with him about this experiment that they did where they showed people these like six images and one of them was 
a fabricated image and everything else was from the person's past and how people actually filled in those gaps of things that actually didn't happen based off of them just believing that they were there in that moment being shown this picture and he talks about memory being living and a thing that changes over time because again like as we change the way that I remember the way that we remember things changes too and so I think that that's uh, something else that runs throughout this movie is that idea that yes these stories are kind of taken at like at face value but even that is still kind of uh how how accurate is there are their memories of this even though this is the person that's seeking out these people to like get more understanding of what happened to him because he can't remember it all it's also a question of how accurate their memories are of well they have gaps too too and and um and it seems like inaccuracies you know in their own memories as well with the yeah, whole thing yeah and our the filmmaker's memory of this is entirely fabricated because like all his memory of the massacre is just waking up in the ocean naked with all these other guys like climbing onto the beach and getting dressed and like that's all he remembers and that wasn't at all anything that actually happened yeah yeah right um the Oh, actually, you know what? We're going to take a quick little break, and then we'll be back for the remainder of our review. Hey, hey, everyone. I just wanted to do a quick little shout-out of another podcast that I'm on. I am on a um, Colorado Rockies fan podcast. It's called The Rock Pile Talk Pile. I am on uh, episode 20. Um, We talk about uh, all things Colorado Rockies. Uh, I just wanted to give a shout-out to those guys. Um, They are really friendly. And um, I really enjoyed being on that podcast. So if there is any uh, Rockies fans or even baseball fans out there that listen to this, um, yeah, give it a try. It, I really like it. Um, anyway, back to our show. And we're back. Um, so yeah, I want to uh, talk briefly about uh, the animation of this movie and how it reminds me of a Frank Miller. Um, a, a little bit. It's like kind of Frank Miller-ish. It's kind of... Um scanner darkly yeah kind of scanner darkly but it's all just super super gorgeous like the animation is really beautiful oh yeah it's great i just i love what they do with shadows you know mm-hmm. just reminds me of the batman animated series very much so oh, shadows yeah. and color yeah like just like lots of splashes of like primary color and like where it's like taking over frames and stuff mm-hmm. and it's used like super super effectively and it's a really cool art design um that I mean, it's obviously all, it's computer animation. Yeah. And it's like, they're using like, well, they're using like, like hand-drawn art, but then they're like modifying it with like computer, you know, like animation techniques, I guess, you know, where they'll like stretch an image and stuff, you know, and like it, make it move or whatever. Kind of like a, like if you've seen like Pink Floyd, the wall where they'll have like, you know, panels of like animation and stuff like kind of like cells. And then like, they'll be like still background and stuff. And then they'll do camera tricks and everything. Yeah. Is it, um, what's the word for it in uh, Waking Life and Scanner Darkly where they paint over like actual camera? I don't know. Uh, whenever anyone, actual film. Whenever but anyone it, asks me about those movies, I'm like, yeah, you know, it's where they paint over the film, like frame by frame. Yeah, there's a word for it that is just fleeing my mind, but I'm, I was wondering if they actually did that for the interview segments where the people are just sitting there like talking because they have like all the same facial interactions. Like it looks like that guy is actually there on film having those like, um, like facial reactions. Right. Yeah. Yeah, they get the mannerisms. Yeah, I think for uh, yeah, it does feel like that for at least like the um, again, kind of like the 
like talking head yeah, like, interview yeah. portions. Because uh, yeah, there's like moments where it's like it's taking place like as an interview, like when he goes and meets one of his friends and he's got like, you know, his kids hanging out at the house and like that seems like it's more like just full drawn, but like the ones where you're, where, where like, somebody's you're like sitting, sitting in a chair, chair. Yeah. yeah, they look like they are kind of overlaid, like with just what the actual person's sitting there. Well, and and I think that the part of it is that um, particularly how the characters are animated, it's it's more vivid when when it's a in, interview or like modern, you know, scene. Whereas the stuff that happens in the past, it uses a lot more bland imagery. Like, you know, civilians, backgrounds, a lot of those things are not quite as detailed as they are, like, in, in the, you know, present, which is, I think, you know, kind of, again, about memory and the malleability of it. Yeah, I, de I definitely agree with that, because I definitely noticed that same thing, where everything kind of, like, outside of the characters was a little, yeah, fuzzy. It was, it was definitely one of those things where going back you can definitely like picture like this one part of it but then if you look any further out of that yeah things just get weirder and weirder and less and less but yeah i think that they really did a good job of uh again using the animation in a way to also give a sense of um what's that word where you're at setting there we go <laughs> well, and setting in terms of like time and in oh terms yeah of place. and yeah. mood and everything and yeah. and and the movie i don't think would have worked all that well as a live action movie no i think it would have been too heavy yeah. well and, and it certainly would not have had the same impact as it does at the end of the movie when, when we actually do switch to real footage. right and yeah, i think yeah. and i think that part is evident of like how it wouldn't work you know if they kept using it like it's arguably my least favorite part of the whole movie you know um I mean, it's not bad, but this is... Well, I think it was, like, the most impactful part of the yeah, whole movie. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it was it was there to, to serve the actual purpose of, you know, of making everything real. Because whereas... because throughout this whole thing, we're dealing with this juxtaposition. We're, we've got, like, the gorgeousness of this animation, like, the richness and the fullness of this animation being juxtaposed with the horrificness of the subject matter. Right. And then at the end, like, that juxtaposition is, like, ripped away from us and we're, like, thrown into the reality of it. Yeah, yeah. At, at, the, at the same way that they're talking about this one guy who his way of dealing with the horror of war was to go through it like he's looking through it like an imaginary camera and then his camera breaks and he can't deal with it. Yeah. yeah. Right. And then the film does that to us at the end and it's super effective. It's super effective. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not it to is. use terms from a Pokemon game, but... <laughs> it, it, is. it is. It is very, very effective. I mean, the yeah. first time I saw the movie, you know, and I was... I had no idea what I was in for, you know. I mean, I by the by the end of it, I kind of realized that it was definitely a sad movie. But when that last scene hit, it was like, oh my god, that was you know. I guess like it it pulls like like to me like because the movie is one hundred percent animated, you know, and instead of this whole thing of like you know real life situations being presented to us, you know, in like documentary style interviews and everything being presented to us in this you know animated almost like an anthology storytelling and then and then they hit you with like you know real life footage of the time you know like right afterwards um i like i guess like my only like complaint with that is that like it would have been if it was like if that was more interwoven throughout you know, as opposed to, you know, but I get why they use that like, or the way they, they do. Had, or if they had just at the end pulled it back into the animation to have the filmmaker to like wrap right. things up. Sure, yeah. Instead of just ending on the like real life image of a dead child right. like, buried in rubble. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh. Well, and I, and again, I mean, this is a the. I think that the filmmaker, you know, he's he's never felt absolved from guilt, even though it wasn't the Israeli forces that committed the the massacre. And I think, you know, a part of regaining his memories of this and making the movie about it, you know, afterwards is basically, you know, saying that he's not free from guilt and, you know, I mean, feels partially responsible for this massacre. And so wanted it to be wanted it to be something that he wasn't hiding the fact that you know terrible things were done here and i honestly because i think that the way that they filmed that last scene too it's it is really him just again like you said like that lens shattering like he himself like facing that like at its full force that reality it's like as it comes up like it's like animated as you know like the women are like leaving the camp and they're like you know screaming and yeah uh, and then it's like and then we like zoom in on uh i think his name is ari um uh just kind of like looking like facing them like as they're like coming out screaming and then like the camera like comes back around and like now we're looking out at from his point of view yeah like at like but it's like live action now like with these women like coming and screaming so i think it was just like him like finally like again like where he says even like filmmaking can be therapeutic. So I think this was like him finally like having that like moment of catharsis of like right. looking at it head on, like facing it head on, like without any lens, without any filter on it. And uh, again, like, you know, making the audience, like bringing the audience into that moment right, as well. Facing it. Yeah. And, and I love how like the connective tissue is the audio, you know, where they're using the audio from the video and then they transfer into just the video and the yeah, audio. Yeah, because yeah. that video is not like shot by him. That's just like video that was taken like at the actual massacre. From like BBC like, News. For, yeah, from, it's like news footage. Well, exactly. it was, it was, it was um, actually shot by the guy he, that he interviews throughout. Um, oh, the, the, the journalist. The journalist, yes. Because yeah. oh. he, he was there and he was the one that shot that footage or his team did. They, right. they shot that footage. And they were like the first ones in because they were already embedded. And so they were the first ones in when the civilians were brought back into the camp, which is where that scene takes place, you know, Uh, because they were being led out to be slaughtered, that group of civilians. And then when they were brought back in, that's when they took that footage. Wow. God. I'm really glad to have seen this movie. Yeah. I mean, it's another one of those ones like, I'm really glad I've seen that once. Yeah. yeah, once. <laughs> it's like it's like City of God, you know, yeah. or Children of God. Yeah, City, City of, of God. God. Yeah, City of yeah. Oh God. There's children in it though. Yes, yes. it could have been called Children. Of it God. could have been Children of God. Yeah, yeah. This definitely goes in like my Graveyard of the Fireflies, most depressing animated yep. movies. Like, <clears throat> yeah, that's definitely in that in that arena because. That's another really, really gut wrenching movie. We should do that one. You've been talking about it. Yeah. Oh god. Of course you to watch I'm it. Again. Watch of course that, that means you have to watch it. <laughs> it's been a really long time. I could probably manage. Well, like... that's like us saying, like, you know what we should really do for this podcast is requiem for a dream. Yeah. <laughs> ah! Like dance in the dark. Well, the thing with those is most people have seen them, and right. they, most yeah. people have had their one or two viewings of those movies. It's the same thing with this one. I've now seen it twice, and I I adore it. I think it's a fantastic movie, but I probably won't see it again because it's hard and it's yeah. i mean it it's beautiful but it's it's not easy to watch and, and it's important to watch films like this it's, yeah. very it's important. like you need to do it to remind yourself of like the impact that the genre can have on people but at the same time it's like yeah that was a really cathartic experience but boy i don't want to do have that same experience again <laughs> yeah. at least not anytime soon right <laughs> i don't want to live in that yeah 
Um, yeah, I have just such a hard time with this, like, just this theme, you know, outside of the genre of movies. Like, I don't, I can't, I can't really play, like, military games anymore, like, video games or anything like that, oh, you know? Yeah. It's just not, it's not cool <laughs> to well, me I, mean, I feel like games, like, particularly, it's just, like, this, like, weird propaganda of what war is yeah. what it's you're saying like... that there's military propaganda in the video game industry <laughs> yeah. i never would have imagined that to be possible craig uh, it's funny even like the there's like this game it's uh some marvel game uh but i see ads for it every once in a while on youtube and it's totally just like that national guard kind of vibe right yeah. where i feel like um i remember like marvel like did this thing where they were like working as an affiliate with some uh, like weapons manufacturer was like do you remember the name of that I don't remember the name of it I don't know I, I know um, the Department of Justice slings around a lot of cash but it totally felt like, like it totally yeah. felt like uh, that was like a commercial that used to like be for that like was gonna be planned for that <laughs> and like, then they were like oh shit everyone got like pissed off that they were doing like business that Marvel was like literally like creating this comic that was like yeah like like gi joe these like military like this military contractors like right. now working with marvel so they're gonna make this comic about like how awesome it is to like be in the military to oh, come boy. join this like military contractor <laughs> have you read gi joe comics they are the most propagandist <laughs> propaganda of propaganda yeah, yeah. They're, they're pretty like yeah it's up there with the there. nfl and the mlb and <laughs> yeah. any professional sports that like, gets a lot of money from the department of justice to recruit people from yeah. their events um yeah yeah, it, it, this is not that kind of propaganda. No, no, no. no, 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 no. <laughs> we have this gone way off on a sidetrack here. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't been on a podcast in a bit. <laughs> we now tangent the fuck out of shit. All right, so are we done with the review of Waltz with Bashir? Um, oh. The soundtrack you wanted to review. Oh, yeah, uh, yes. To talk about the soundtrack. Uh, soundtrack. Fantastic soundtrack. It's amazing. Um, one bit, uh, there's a. I want. I'm curious because I'm, I'm actually. I'm extremely curious to know if. The, if Cake begat the song or if the band that was played in the soundtrack made the song. It was like, I, um, Cake's version is called I Bomb Korea. And this one, it was like, I Bomb Beirut. 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 Yeah. yeah. And I wonder which version is the first one. I wouldn't know, honestly. I have no idea. Anyone? <laughs> you're way more hip on music than I will ever be, Dennis. You're asking the wrong person. Oh, you called me hip. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, that's all I got. But the original score is really good, and yeah. the songs that they picked to play in it are all well done and well placed. It was, it was good. It has uh, an eight point zero on IMDb, a ninety percent, uh, a ninety six percent Rotten Tomatoes, and a ninety percent Audience Tomatoes. Seems appropriate. Yeah. yeah. No. I, I'd like that audience score to be a little higher, but I could see why people are like, that movie made me sad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it made me like really you. think about things yeah. in the world. And I don't I... like emotions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, my thing is always just like the, especially like with a movie like this that pretty much just shows you like kind of like what it is. It's like literally just people telling their stories from like what happened to them. Right. Yeah. It's like always like the person that's like, that person that's going to be like, oh, well, it's just like, it's just like beat the you know like beat the dead horse or whatever like it's just like too it's too preachy it's like right it's like war is no, horrible it's actually yeah, these guys' just real accounts of response. what was happening yeah. well it's, it's like those negative reviews we found of uh um uh what is it the fog of war 
where it was like it was like dry meanders a bit it's like who the fuck are you like what do you want what does this movie owe you you know <laughs> i found it to be too documentary like yeah. way too many facts there weren't any action sequences <laughs> in this documentary about robert mcnamara uh, well and, and uh, you know it's when when you hear that from people oh you know it's just it's too depressing i don't want to watch stuff like that you know, I can get that to a point, but at the same time, it's always that, you know, same old cliche s- statement. You know, those who forget history are doomed to repeat it. And again, this is a, the story of people whose parents were literally massacred. Yeah, you know, and then it, being complacent in a an, massacre another themselves massacre. and having to deal with the guilt of that. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's and amazing. it's, yeah, I mean, that's why, you know, we learn about these things because, I mean, Prior to actually having seen this movie, I didn't really know much about the 1982. I knew nothing war. about. The, oh, the, I, I have yeah. such a hard time keeping up with the Palestinian-Israeli conflicts throughout the years. Like, yeah, but so I mean, but, but and there's been so many conflicts, but rarely has there been such a wholesale massacre of civilians right. in the, in any conflict in that part of the world. In the you know even in there, well, there's been a lot more recently with Syria and everything, but yeah. And once again, we're seeing the same kind of things happening. But and then you know that's just the stuff we hear about too, man. Yeah. yeah. I mean, think about the shit that you know they don't tell you about. Sorry, it's <laughs> got a little yeah. conspiracy theories. I don't mean it like that. <laughs> I mean it like more like you know all the stuff, no, all I the mean, stories we don't like, hear yeah, about. <laughs> no, think about it as in we're in America. Yeah. Like, how good is the international journalism that we're getting? And exactly. how well is that filtering through all of the bullshit that we're dealing with with our own political system? Right. So, like, the, how much are we actually hearing about what's the horrible things happening elsewhere in the world? Right. Yeah. Like, it always scares me, like, the, you know, the big the big one on the planet right now, the Rudin, Rudin, I always fuck up the same, Rudinia, Rudij, Rudinia, in Myanmar, yeah. the yeah. big massacre down there. Like where like the uh, the reporting on it has gotten so bad that now it's like satellite images show that a whole village has been bulldozed, but like that's all they got is yeah. just images from freaking satellite. They don't know how many people are getting killed down there, and we'll never know. Yeah. So, yeah. anyways, that'll wrap up our review. <laughs> We're gonna take a little break. We'll be back with recommendations. We're back. Well, welcome, guys. How was your break? <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty great. You're pretty great. Yeah. yeah, it was a good break. Yeah, yeah. Smoked a whole pack of cigarettes there, Colin. No, but I did finish the crossword. <laughs> oh, oh, was it all about Steve? <laughs> Strangely, yes. Strangely, and I don't know how I got these answers right. <laughs> I don't know anything about Steve. I just filled in a bunch of shit about Bradley Cooper, and somehow that turned out to be correct. Well. That's freaky. Yeah. <laughs> There's someone that definitely needs some mental health down at the Denver Post. Yes. I, I think this woman really needs some help. And uh, let, let's just look for the lady in the crazy red boots and just uh, just get some therapy. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyways. <laughs> uh, <laughs> welcome back. Recommendation time. Um, I'll... Uh, 
I'll kick us off. I got, I got a I got a pretty lame recommendation. Well, it's not really lame. Um, I've been kind of going back and listening to music from like my childhood slash like before I established like good music taste. <laughs> you know, all uh, eighteen years old, um, and that's fun. Like it shows you like how bad you got, and like and sometimes you know you you were onto some good stuff too. And I recommend just going down you know some nostalgia lane, and it's a uh, it's fun. A lot of emotions come up. So yeah, check out some music that you listened to when you were growing up. That's my recommendation. Nice. Yeah. Who's next? Colin? Uh, I've also just got like a really loose, like, yeah, kind of bullshit recommendation. It's, it's uh, summertime. <laughs> it's getting to be that like time of year again where you're wanting some ice cream. So uh, yeah. go to your uh, neighborhood uh, grocery store and pick up a carton of uh, ice cream that's like just used with Reese's peanut butter cups. <laughs> like it's just Reese's peanut butter cups, like chunks in there and like all sorts of caramel and like vanilla ice cream all blended together. And it's the greatest thing you yeah. will eat for like a month. You know what? I'll double down on that ice cream recommendation. Um, I like just the concept of like ice cream parlors in the summertime. Like it's great. Standing out in the middle of the night, gnawing on some ice cream, you know, in front of an ice cream parlor. I, it feels very American to me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Right on. Yeah, that's my second recommendation. <laughs> Get the fuck off this bike. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll actually recommend something. Um... <laughs> You'll recommend an actual thing? Yeah. <laughs> Not like a concept. <laughs> hey, man. Uh, I will recommend Egretsuko. It is a... Sanrio character those are the people that brought you Hello Kitty and it's about like a little raccoon who like works at like an office job and she hates her job but like every night she goes and does death metal karaoke and is this so- is this Phil from uh, Better Off Ted remember that oh like, I mean <laughs> oh the lemur yeah, yeah. <laughs> um no it's it's adorable and oh. also like really it's like just kind of like all about yeah, just kind of like the existential crisis of having a dead end job, and <laughs> and then like taking that and pouring it into death metal. Like, it's a cute, adorable raccoon. Yeah, it's like it's like she'll like be like doing like her job, and then she'll like you know like have her boss like like oh hey sweetie like you know you should smile more, and then she'll like go into like the bathroom with her like mic that she brings into work, and just like like. <laughs> 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 Yeah. <laughs> so yeah it's a yeah it's, it's like a it's not like a kid show it's it's right you know, got like but, some, it's, but it's animated it's like yeah. a, a hello kitty style thing but it's about that yeah okay it, it, it's really fun uh and it's like yeah it's adorable and it's like oh this is like the thing that i need to watch that will give me like some joy in life of like oh i can think about like my shitty job and still also just be like Oh, it's not that bad. It's all it's finally go do some death metal, people. That, that would be my concept recommendation. Like, yeah. go sing some death metal to, yeah. this week. Your tangible guys, Craig will be performing death metal downtown <laughs> next weekend. <laughs> some buskering, some death metal. Yeah. <laughs> Like, acapella. <laughs> buskering acapella death metal. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, death metal and agretsuko. Cool. Right on. Drew, what you got? Um, you recommended water last time, so the bar is low. <laughs> <laughs> I Actually, um, I would say that um, if 
someone wanted a recommendation for me, they should go out and get themselves a mandolin. All right. And I'm not talking about the stringed instrument. If that's what you're thinking, stop wearing patchouli. I'm talking about the implement in the kitchen. They're, they can be had cheap, and they make a lot of cooking a lot easier. All right. Mandolin, everybody. Get it. Cook better. Yes, one of those. <laughs> All right. Uh, that wraps up our uh, recommendations, I believe. Uh, what movie are we doing next? I think it's The Abyss, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. It's going to be another... Um, this is another um, movie listener suggested guest. Brought in by a guest. Yeah. Guest movie episode for real. Yeah, our friend uh, Tara Knight. She <laughs> yeah. will be joining us. Um, she works in animation and works in film at that CU. And so she's going to come and geek out with us on a movie. Right on, right yeah. on. Yeah, I was. I told you guys she watched or listened to like our Alien episode. Yeah. And she was like nerding out like so hard. She was like... Talking about like you know timestamps and like exact moments of like things that happen of like oh yeah like we're not that hardcore we're like super amateurs oh yeah <laughs> but thanks for continuing listening so if you're yeah. listening now Tara thanks thank you <laughs> super thanks excited to have you on the show <laughs> really excited to have you on um like and I really mean that um and if if you're a listener and you would like to have a recommendation for a movie for us to do. Uh, we will do it. We've been good about it. Um, we do what we do all the movies that people suggest us to do. And if you want to be a guest too, ooh, yeah, we got a chair warm just for you. Drew, Drew warmed even. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but if you want to get that recommendation to us, you can get out at us. There's this really good website. It's called Twitter. Twitter.com. Um, you can contact us on that by sending us a tweet at i w y t w t. You can also tweet us individually. I am at the D Bucks. I'm at Catharticus. I'm at Colin Munch. And we also have a Facebook page. I know Drew's not on any of this shit, so I'm just gonna blast right past him. <laughs> yeah. And don't contact me anyways. <laughs> right. <laughs> Unless you just want to say I'm not on Twitter, guys. <laughs> um, we also have a Facebook page, Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash I W Y T W T. Um, and hey, um, if you're having a hard time finding this podcast, which is weird because you're listening to it. Right now, you can find it on any podcast listening app, um, like your Stitcher, like your Podcast Addict, like your like iTunes your podcast iTunes. thing, whatever they're calling it now. Like your Overcast. Yeah, not Overwatch. <laughs> not Overwatch. We canceled Although, that thing. No, we canceled oh, oh, that. Oh, we did. Yeah. We canceled that mod yeah, in Sam Overwatch. Complained. Sam complained. Oh, complained. D- damn it, Sam. He sent me a smoke signal. <laughs> And it was like, I can't do the Overwatch thing anymore. So. Okay. Sam's the worst. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, you should stay shut up, <laughs> You all have become very strange. <laughs> become, yes. <laughs> well, it's, it's easier to get strange now that we have Sam organizing our lives. Um, I'm going to shut up and end this episode. Thank you for listening. Join us next time for The Abyss. you to watch come on and watch with me i want you to watch it just watch this watch this movie with me i said i want you to watch watch the fucking movie